Everything you know will change. Like to have everybody's attention for a moment? You the man. What's that mean? You the man. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Well, now all of a sudden you're stepping up to the next level of competition. Welcome to The Rundown. Here's Desmond Johnson. It is Saturday, Sports Love fans. Welcome to The Rundown. We are back from summer break. Just in time for football. From the Four Man Rush podcast, Kevin Avery will be with us today to discuss his observations from Carolina Panthers training camp. Down in Spartanburg, we'll update you on Bowman Gray scoreboard heading into the races today. The voice of the Madhouse, Randy Pettit, will be in the rundown hot seat to discuss the suspensions of Bowman Gray drivers John Brown and Jason Myers and what it means for the point chase with three Saturdays to go. Plus, we look at the NFL Top 100 for 2019, pick our hits and misses, much, much more. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. I am in studio, joined by my man, Rod Funderburk. New official addition to the rundown, Brandon Blakeney in the house. Yes, sir. Aaron Gabriel running our ones and twos. Sawyer Dillon is on vacation. He'll be back with us next week. 336-777-1600 is the number to call or chime in on any of our topics today. And um, our Twitter poll question for today, I'm going to let Aaron tell the public what that is. And you can find that at um, Sports Hub Triad on Twitter right now. So go and vote on it. Aaron, what's our Twitter poll question for today? Good morning, Triad. Twitter poll question for today. Should the Dallas Cowboys pay Zeke his money or let that man hold out? So pretty simple, straightforward question. Yeah, I hope the fans definitely uh, tune in on that one. And, <laughs> and, uh, give us your ear. Let us know what you're thinking. My man. Be- yes, because I am the biggest Dallas Cowboy fan uh, my man in the triad. Thunderbird, I am here. Listen, I got the what best jersey is that? The best jersey on. Tell everybody what jersey yeah, I got jersey on. you got on right now? Oh, oh, the Thunderbird oh, jersey. Oh, okay. Custom so you got the Cowboys custom. Like, Cowboys custom, custom on. baby. Y'all didn't know I played for Jerry Jones back in the day. That's a camp body. That's a camp body. Three three six seven 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 sixteen hundred. Remember to call to chime in. Go vote on that poll. We'll give you updates on that throughout the show. Hit us on Twitter, Sports Hub Triad, or at Sports Carolina One. Uh, tell us what you think about everything we're going through right now. First, a little bit of business we need to take care of. If you want to see the Winston Salem Dash this season, you're running out of time because they only have a couple of weeks left in the season. We've got tickets for seven dollars. Check out the Sports Carolina Monthly Winston-Salem Dash deal. Go to sportscarolinamonthly.com. Click on the Dash ticket special at the top of the homepage. Get your ticket vouchers and enjoy baseball action in the triad. Single game tickets are only $7. It's a $16 value. Uh, These are premium home plate seats, guys. So definitely take the kiddos out to watch the Dash exclusively from sportscarolinamonthly.com. This is good for the August 9th through the 11th homestand. So that's actually uh, next week, next weekend. And there's only a limited supply available. So go buy those now. The Wyndham Championship going on uh, in Sedgefield. Me and Rod got a chance to go out uh, and eat brunch there. Was it Wednesday? Was it that Wednesday was on morning? Wednesday. Wednesday morning. I had a ball. Yeah, it was and I'm gonna tell you what. I took. I never take pictures of my food, but I took a picture <laughs> of my food that day and sent it to some people. And you talking about jealous? Yeah, yeah. Man. Oh man, it was good. We had everything from omelets to waffles. With the strawberries, blueberries, like raspberries on top, yeah, whipped ridiculous. cream. It was crazy. We had, if you wanted salmon, you could have salmon. Yep. You could have turkey. It was everything. <laughs> Bro- healthy. Yeah, it was Brussels crazy. sprouts, it was man. Good. It was great. It was awesome. So Asparagus, whatever you wanted. And then they had the dessert. 
everything oh, yeah. See, from I can go all the way key through. lime pie, chocolate cake, <laughs> New York style cheesecake. They had it Ooh, all. And any kind of nice. beverage you wanted. Mm-hmm. And I mean any kind. Yeah, any kind. Like, like Margaritaville was yeah, on top of the eight in the morning. Okay. Out of the so window. Going either way. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, no, shout out to Haskell Shelton. Uh, our man Johnny O that was with us. Um, yes. You can check us out, Franchise Player Sport Podcast. We'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later on in the show. Um, let's go ahead and get into this episode. Um, I did want I'm going to give you updates on the Wyndham that's going on right now. They've already teed off. Round three is already in progress. Byung Hung on i might have butchered his name he's been killing it yeah he's leading right now he's 13 under par bryce garnett is uh, in second 12 under par both of them are going to tee off together at 210 this afternoon uh webb simpson's tied for third excuse me with a bunch of other uh guys he's actually in a large group of people tied for third um we'll give you updates on this throughout the show because there's a bunch of people about to start uh teeing off here at 10 o'clock uh throughout the rest of the morning so we'll definitely get into that and keep you posted throughout the show as well. Um, let's get into, I wanted to start off the show with the NFL Top 100. It is complete for the season. There's some pretty big jumps and some pretty big fall-offs for this year. I wanted to take a look and see if any of these players got it right. Now, for those that don't know, the NFL Top 100 list, this has been an inaugural, uh, well, this has been a list that's been on since 2011. Um, it's determined by votes by NFL players only and it's collected by NFL Films. This year they collected 1,098 ballots, uh, according to the league. So just if you don't know right now, Aaron Donald was voted number one uh, this season, uh, the defensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. He's the reigning defensive player of the year. And he is uh, is only the second time since the list started that a defensive player took the top honors. J.J. Watt did it in 2015. And it's the first time in the top 100 countdown that had two defensive players finish in the top three in voting. Um, Donald finished number one. We had Drew Brees at number two. Khalil Mack, number three. And I would actually switch those two up based on the Brees season that Mack. both of them had. Well, we're gonna, I, I would talk switch, about Drew Brees. Yeah, I would switch Khalil Mack and Drew Brees, to oh, be honest with down, you. Oh, hands down, Khalil Mack is just a total game changer. Oh, yeah. At uh, this point in his career. Pat Mahomes, the reigning at league MVP. Yeah, yeah, Number four. <laughs> and then Todd Gurley at number five. Um, just looking at some of the rest of the top ten. Tom Brady at six. Antonio Brown, seven. Aaron Rodgers, eight. Julio Jones, nine. And Von Miller, ten. Let's just start with the top ten. The first thing that sticks out to me is Drew Brees at number two. Because, like, I, I think sometimes when I when I see the players are voting on this list, some of the players don't understand what the list is supposed to be. Like, it's not mm-hmm. it's not a list based on who was the best last year. It's a, ba- it's a list based on who you think is going to be in these spots at the end of the For upcoming sure. year. And, like, that's a different type of vote. So I'm, so I'm supposed to sit here and think the players think that Drew Brees at 41 years old is the second best player in the NFL? Yeah. This upcoming year. I don't even think he should be higher than Pat Mahomes on no, this. No, I don't no, think so definitely either. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. And I mean, Drew Brees, he should be a little further down. I mean, if you want to make him top 10, that's cool. I'd have him around. I mean, he's still through around 10 yards or whatever. Yeah. If you keep him top 10, I'd have him at 10. For sure. Yeah, not for this, at, for this upcoming year. Yeah. Yeah. But number two seems a little kind of far fetched to me. Like, it just seems way too high. It's built on longevity at this point. Right. Well, uh, and then, you know, you never know. This could be one of those deals where guys say, hey, the Saints got the short end of the stick last year in the NFC Championship game. Kept them out of the Super Bowl. Mm. So, you know, maybe they have a chip on their shoulder. Maybe Drew Brees is planning on coming out. That could be the only reason that I would believe they would rank Drew Brees that high if they, it's voted on by the players. They lost They lost Mark Ingram, the Saints. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done – we're doing our uh, division previews starting this week as well. Um 
NFC and AFC East a bit later in the show, but they lost Mark Ingram, the Saints. Um, I was looking at their wide receiver stats when Michael Thomas signing happened earlier this week. Michael Thomas had like 100-some catches or whatever. The rest of the guy, I think the next wide receiver had like 30 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ted Ginn only had like 17 catches last year. Like, it's Michael Thomas and nothing else. Michael Thomas and everybody else, yeah. So they're basing Drew Brees' ranking on that. I thought he threw for 5,000 yards last year. He didn't. He didn't even crack 4,000. He he completed 74.4% of his passes, which is insane. That was Ben (laughs) Roethlisberger that threw for over 5,000. Okay. Drew only threw for 3,992. And I feel like it was more short passes than usual. He wasn't it was. going downfield, busting it open. Like I don't think he can. Was. I think, I think. I mean, he's 41, 42, yeah. right? Or 40, no, no, he's 41. Drew, Drew is 41. Yeah, yeah, Brady's 42. Brady's 42. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the top 10. Uh, Mahomes probably should have been the top-ranked quarterback based off of what happened last year, what people think is going to happen this year. And he's second on here behind Breeze. I agree. Cause, and I would have Aaron Rodgers ranked ahead of Drew Breeze, actually. Aaron Rodgers is an interesting one because I'm starting to feel more like Aaron Rodgers is being put this high on these lists because of his name, but not really. What has he done the past five years to justify him still being Man, a top 10 guy? Up, he looked banged up last He was year. banged up, but I tell you what, Aaron Rodgers is tough, and this guy yeah. plays ball. Like a couple years ago in the playoffs, there was no way in the world that they should have beat the Cowboys, and Aaron Rodgers rolls out of the pocket, rolls to his left, right-handed quarterback, and I mean, hits his tight end in stride on the corner where he gave the ball. No one else could catch the that. ball but yeah. the tight end. The and it play. hurt. And then you remember Rodgers got hurt at the beginning of the season. I forgot. They yeah, were he losing. Hurt his leg or something. Yeah, yeah. hurt his leg. They were losing. He comes out the second half. And what does he do? Brings his team back and they win. Keep the playoff. I would along. rank Aaron Rodgers ahead of Drew Brees in the top 10. I wouldn't rank him ahead of our very own Aaron. Uh, Aaron. Gabriel's um, Mr. Patrick Holmes. Project I wouldn't Pat. do that, <laughs> but I would have Aaron Rodgers ahead of um, Drew Brees. Now, looking at the uh, the wide receivers here, Antonio Brown's the highest ranked wide receiver at seven. Really surprised DeAndre Hopkins wasn't in the top ten. He was number eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right so he just missed it. Um, I can't. I think I, DeAndre Hopkins has got this crazy game. It's like you can't really name one specific play that DeAndre Hopkins did. You're just like, oh man, did you see that play Hopkins did? He's just real consistent. Mm-hmm. But like. Julio, Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, they have specific plays you can call back on and be like, you remember when I don't know, Odell I'm, did this or lie, when, you know what I mean? Hopkins like, had a catch like that last year that kind of made you forget about Odell's catch a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Talking I've, about I've that between the legs catch yeah, he had. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was oh, nuts. They, they okay, called it back. Okay. They called it offensive P.I. Oh, it wasn't, they but they called it offensive so P.I. So don't count. No, it, it <laughs> counts, bro, because he caught that <laughs> between his legs. I don't care. It was bananas. It was nuts. And I had to be honest with you. I don't get to see Hopkins very often often live normally when i'm seeing him play it's because there's a sunday night game monday mm-hmm. night game but usually the one o'clock Facts. games i don't get a chance to see him so that could have something to do with it uh michael thomas from the saints who we were just talking about came in at 13 alvin kamara came in at 14 i think that's a little too high for kamara i'm, I'm sorry i know what kamara does but i see him and i know i have a guy just like that in christian mccaffrey in carolina right. and honestly if i had to choose between two i'm picking mccaffrey yeah. like mccaffrey's bigger Especially this year, he I don't know what he yeah, did. He, he's definitely <laughs> he's, bigger. He's this definitely year. bigger. He didn't lose any weight. I think he said he gained five pounds. But yeah. you can look at him and see he's, he's he gained up. a bunch of muscle, and he can catch. Mm-hmm. He's a wide receiver. He runs the best route tree of any running back in the entire league. Mm-hmm. He does, and he's Cam's safety blanket. He's going to take over the safety blanket role that Greg Olson had for the past you know six years or whatever. It became McCaffrey last year, where if Cam couldn't get it down the field, 
he just let everybody run out and he just dumped it to McCaffrey and let yeah. McCaffrey get 15 yards. I'm like, you should have been doing that for the past five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it helps everything all the way around. And I think Cam's finally going to get it. We're going to talk Panthers uh, in the next segment here with uh, Kevin Avery from the Four Man Rush podcast. If you haven't got a chance, definitely check that out, especially this time of the year because they give a lot of insight, a lot of game tape, a lot of articles on the Panthers. They've been in Spartanburg during the opening uh, week of training camp, so we'll get some uh, looks from him. Speaking of the Panthers, I was trying to see where they are on this list, and uh, I think Christian McCaffrey's the highest-ranked one at four. No, I'm sorry, Luke Keekley's the highest-ranked one. Yeah. And that's at 24. Um, then you got Christian McCaffrey at 42. I believe uh, – I think the Panthers only had four on here. Uh, Gerald McCoy's in the 70s, 75. And then you got Cam at 87, which I think might be a bit too low. And I think a lot of it has to do with the players not knowing what the situation was going to be with his shoulder when they voted. Right. Yeah. Because the only other quarterback rated below Cam Newton, surprisingly enough, is Carson Wentz at 96. And I think that's the same way with him, that they didn't know what he was going to be like coming back from injury. True. But Carson True. Wentz has only completed one full season of football. Like the past two years, he has not been on the field when the season was near the end. No, it's always some kind of freak accident. Back. And Nick Foles isn't there to back. <laughs> save him this time, yeah. But, like, I don't trust Carson Wentz anyway. I know he's a good guy, good player, but yeah. Cam, what do you think about Cam? He drops. He was number 25 last year. Drops from 25 to 87. I think it's based off that injury, just people not being sure, but I think he's going to be in for an MVP type of season this year, to be completely honest with it, you. I, yeah, I do too. And like I, I don't want to get too excited about it, but I'm looking at the roster and what they did in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And the only hang up that everybody had about the Panthers was Cam's shoulder. It was Cam's shoulder gonna be all right. If it's all right, Panthers can challenge you this, that, and the other. I think it's all right. Or, or not all right. I think it's better than what it what people thought it would be. And definitely Curtis Samuel is showing out in training camp right now. It's his third year. DJ Moore showing out. It's yep. his second year. So you got two really good young Rookie contract wide receivers. Chris Hogan is another guy. Chris Hogan's an underrated pickup they got. They revamped the defense. Bruce Irvin coming over from Seattle. Um, Gerald McCoy to help in the middle. They still have Don Terry Poe. KK Short. I mean, like they yeah, they are Burns loaded on the edge. Yeah, yeah, Burns. They drafted, and then you got Ron Rivera reverting back Ron to defensive the defensive coordinator, which he should have been doing oh, anyway. Man, you know, I was thinking about that too. It's like it's funny in the NFL. It feels like it's more common to have offensive-minded guys be the head coach and the offensive coordinator. But how many guys, how many teams have the defensive-minded coach also be the defensive coordinator? It doesn't seem like yeah, that happens as often. Yeah, but it, it should, shouldn't it? I mean, like Rivera shouldn't have to answer questions about that to anybody. And if he does, he should just be like, Sean McVay runs the offense in, the, uh, in L.A. I mean, there's guys that run the defense. I guess eh, maybe Belichick. Well, Andy maybe. Reid. Andy Reid runs the offense yeah, in Kansas City, offense, yeah. and nobody questions it. Jason Garrett was running the offense in Dallas for the past three, four years. Yeah, until yeah. until Jerry Jones put a stop to that. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> He's like, no, sir, this, this is not going to work anymore. But, no, I agree with you. I think if you as a, a coach and you've been an assistant coach, wherever you made your bones, whether it was on offense or whether it was on defense, you should come back, and there should be no reason that you're a head coach, that whatever your specialty was, that defense or offense should be top-notch if that's what got you a head coaching position. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. When you're a head coach, I know you have leadership responsibilities. You now have to be a leader of men. But there is no way, if you're a defensive coordinator, that your defense should slide. So I'm glad to see Ron Rivera back on the defensive side of the ball. And I think, really, 
that's what's going to help them to get into the playoffs and win a championship. You know, I've always been big on defense. That's just my thing. If your defense is playing well, I think you got a shot. Real quick, uh, I'm noticing here that uh, Bobby Wagner looks like he's the highest-rated linebacker, and he just got a big deal from Seattle. Well, except for Von Miller, but Von Miller's number ten, so he's the so. It was Von Miller, then uh, Bobby Wagner, and then uh looks like Luke Keekley. He's the highest middle linebacker. See, that was my question. Yeah. You taking Bobby Wagner over Luke Keekley? No. Yes. I'm really? Not. Bobby Wagner is a monster. Yeah, over he Luke Keekley? No. Yes. And they came in the same draft class. That's what I'm saying. Like, I gotta, I'm still taking Luke. I mean, based I off, Luke, man. Based off Luke Keekley's, I don't know, Bobby Wagner running pick sixes back. That dude is sideline to sideline. No disrespect to Luke Keekley because he's a monster as well. But that could be a little hometown bias, which is understandable. Yeah, the only and reason also given Luke Keekley's concussion history, I gotta take Bobby Wagner. He hasn't that had would a concussion be in two years, that would though. be my reasoning if I took Wagner. Is I'm not sure with Keekley, you know, getting hurt because when I saw him go off the field that time and he was, you know, jacked up, had tears in his eyes right there. I was like, wow, oh, could yeah, that possibly affect you? Later on, you know how how bad are you actually injured? You He's, know what I mean. Uh, I mean, so I don't know, but I mean, I, they're I both great. Come at me they're, with the Homer thing with Luke, but I mean, it's not like Luke ain't got the te- the stats to back no, he up does. what I'm saying. They're both I great mean, linebackers. They're, they're, you literally can't go wrong with either yeah, one. They're like, both that, great. That, that, this is a preference because this is like one of the things that's bothered me ever since Bobby Wagner got this deal. Because first I was like, well, dang, they got to give Luke the same type money. Because he's gonna be yeah. up, he's gonna be up here in a year or two himself. And I mean, Wagner has championship experience too. That makes a difference. Yeah, he does have a ring, and and Luke does not. Um, and they, I mean, they both a hundred tackles each year, over a hundred tackles in both their seven seasons in the league. So I mean, it's close. The only thing I see that Mike could separate them in 2018 is Keekly missed nine tackles, and Wagner only missed five. Out of two hundred seventy, see, and that's games. so. I mean, I mean, that was nitpicking, that, I guess. Bobby Wagner, they're both great. Bobby Wagner didn't get juked by an eleven-year-old at a summer camp this year. Neither. Hey, Luke, Luke Keekley got his revenge <laughs> on an eleven-year-old right after too. <laughs> he was in a position where though. he needed to get revenge on an eleven-year-old. <laughs> that eleven-year-old knew what was up at that point. They didn't but, uh, tell you he was the number one running back in twenty thirty-five. Right, exactly. <laughs> wow. So, but Bobby Wagner, okay, five-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, one. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Um, Luke Keekley. Six-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, 2012 AP Defensive Rookie of the Year. Wasn't Luke Keekley uh, Defensive Player of the Year in 2015? The year they went 15 and one. Didn't Luke win Defensive Player of the Year? I'm not sure. I don't know. I know JJ. No, Watt that was won Von Miller. Von Miller won it that I year. I could have sworn Keekley won a Defensive Player of the Year award. Or maybe I feel like Von he does Miller, have Von Miller one, may have been the MVP got, of the he, Super Bowl. He, Luke's got to see have where. One. I thought it was to the 2015 season, but. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But he was Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm, 2012. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're pretty much the same player. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and then I guess the question would be, you know, which player makes the folks around him much better? You know, because yeah. then that's going to come into play, too. If you're a guy who can bring your team around you and you can pull them together and make everybody play well, you know, I'm probably going to pick that guy because that means you have leadership skills and leadership qualities that can translate on the field. So, uh but like I said, I don't I don't think you go wrong with either one, Wagner or Keekley. Yeah, they're both quarterbacks out there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what I love about Luke so much. Luke Keekley was the 2013 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. There it is. I knew he had one on here. Yeah. Pro Football uh, Reference needs to you know step their game up because they don't have <laughs> they don't have it on his stats anywhere. But I knew he had won one. I just couldn't remember when it was. But all right, so they're kind of the same guy. So uh, hope David Tepper is paying attention because he's got some money he's going to start paying out here in a little bit. Really based on this season coming up. And how Keekley plays, the defense plays, Cam plays, because Cam is going to be coming up for a contract here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
after next year, and they'd be wise to get him locked in after the season is over unless they want to pay my man $150 million or whatever because the market's going to get reset again uh, probably next year. Uh, because Pat Mahomes will be up, they can finally sign after next year's over oh, with, and a bunch he, of others. He's, so he's going to break the book. Um, so, but I mean, we'll talk some more Carolina Panther talk here coming up. The Panthers started their training camp while we were gone. Luckily, we have some of the best in the business to break it down for us. Kevin Avery from the Four Man Rush podcast joins us to discuss all things Panthers next on the Rundown. You're listening to the Rundown with Desmond Johnson. What's up, dog? Think about it. Think about it. A party? Are we having a party? Yeah! Back to the Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Listen to the best sports podcast on the go. Podcasts like Franchise Players... Triad Racing Podcast with Randy Pettit, A Stone's Throw with Ryan Stone, Live with Brandon Blakeney, yeah. whole lot of uh, goodness on these podcast formats. Uh, we got it available for you through Sports Carolina Monthly's Podcast Center. Much more now available in all major podcast formats, including SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and much more. So simply search the title of the podcast you're looking for, download, and enjoy exclusively from SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. I was listening to uh, a Stone's Throw with Ryan Stone last week. Uh, the new episode was up, and he was talking about the NFL quality podcast. Definitely check that out. Franchise players is myself, Rod Funderburk, John Oshevsky, and uh, Haskell Shelton is like our uh, our our shadow like member. <laughs> he's there. He's there in spirit. He's, he's need around. That blue guy. Yeah, need he's that there. Blue guy. He's there. So that, we're the franchise players uh, sports podcast. Definitely look that up as well. The new episode is out. Should Cam Newton be a Hall of Famer if he retired today? Uh, interesting discussion uh, about that. So definitely go check that out as well. The Carolina Panthers open up training camp this week, and we've got a lot to discuss. On the line with us right now, he is a part of the Four Man Rush podcast. Some of the most in-depth analysis of Panther moves, plays, and more. Please welcome Kevin Avery back to the show. Kev, what's up, man? I know you're traveling right now. Thanks for uh, doing this for me. Hey, no problem. Ashley Bader here. I'm down here in um, Hinesville, Georgia, uh, just beside Fort Stewart, where I used to be uh, stationed at when I was uh, in the Army. So, yeah, I'm just down here visiting my best friend and his family with my daughter while she's still here with me. Oh, cool, cool. And we do thank you for your service, sir. Um, I know know you were were down in Spartanburg for, uh, as you usually are, the opening week of training camp for our Carolina Panthers. And I've got some questions for you because I know – We've seen some stuff on Twitter in terms of like little clips here and there of Cam throwing a ball to Curtis Samuel or Cam, you know, doing this or that. Uh, I want to know because you saw it with your own eyes. First off, Cam Newton, that's the question all Panther fans want to know. How has he looked to you now that he's on the field throwing passes with that shoulder? All right, well, to me, Cam Newton looks looks good. He made an interview stating that how it's still a work in progress and there's a lot to be there's a lot for him to goes into him being able to produce on the field and that the process is not complete, but he's definitely trending in the right direction. You know, the most thing that was anticipated by Panthers fans was seeing his throwing motion. Now, for those of us that probably didn't pay attention last year, you know, when he was under his first year with North Turner, that actually began this new throwing motion. But obviously with him getting injured, particularly after the lost to Pittsburgh, 
it was kind of all forgotten about. So this new throwing motion is not exactly brand new per se, but it's just gotten a lot more attention now since the second surgery. But overall, it's a much tighter uh, throw. Uh, the velocity on it is nice. I'm seeing pinpoint, no more of those high, you know, jump balls that we used to say. Now, a couple have sailed. I'm not going to make it sound like, you know, Cam Newton's, you know, batting a thousand here. But, I mean, you're just seeing the touch. You're just seeing the the velocity. And you're definitely seeing the range, you know, from opening night, uh, kickoff last Thursday, where it was at, at Gibbs Stadium at Walford College. You know, those two long passes to wide receiver Curtis Samuel and tight end Chris Manhurst were like a thing of beauty. It was like textbook mm. Cam Newton, like pre-injury. So it definitely was something – Definitely something enjoyable to watch Cam, you know, put that touch. It was good to see a pass go beyond 10 yards again. Let me just say it like that as a fan. Right, absolutely. And um, I actually re-watched the All or Nothing Amazon Prime series on the Panthers last night and the day before because I'd already seen it before. A, I'm mad at Amazon Prime because as I started re-watching it, they started uh, bleeping out the curse words. Like, all, if you watched it the first week or so it was out, you heard all the cursing and all its glory from Rivera, North Turner, like, all of them, like Greg Olson, <laughs> there's a lot of F-bombs and just all kinds of stuff that you normally don't get to hear when you're watching an NFL game on Fox. But uh, when I went back to rewatch it, they bleeped over all of it. So it took a little bit of it away from like the intensity of it. But the fir- the one of the things I wanted to talk about with you was uh, Eric Washington, the defensive coordinator, still in name, defensive coordinator. What role do you think he's actually going to have since we all know Ron Rivera is going to be actually running the defense this season? And we did see a, a stark difference in the defensive play at the end of last season once Rivera took over the defensive play calling duties. What do you think Eric Washington's actual role is going to be, even though he's still defensive coordinator in name? Well, with Eric Washington, even though Ron Rivera is taking over, quote unquote, the play calling aspects of it, Let's not just diminish the important role that Eric Washington still has with the team. Rivera, in multiple interviews, has said that Eric Washington is a big part of the um, weekly game planning. He's still going to be part of, you know, installing the the plays and the schemes and the counters to what the offenses will do. Now, what this does allow is for him to get back to the defensive line and have more hands-on aspect, which, as we all know from his time here as defensive line coach in 2011 up until uh, 2018 before he got promoted defense coordinator. You know, the Panthers have led the league in uh, sacks from that time frame. So his hands-on approach, which when he got promoted was taken over by former defensive line coach who came from Michigan, Brady Hoke. And as we all know, uh, Hoke was let go of, I believe, uh, early December when Rivera made the changes. But, you know, it's good to see Eric Washington back hands-on with the defensive lineman. Uh, I think that's his natural strength. But he still has a bigger role as far as what's going to be let up. It's kind of like he's going to set up, help set up the defensive play calls for the upcoming games, but Rivera's the one that's going to be calling the actual play. So Eric Washington's still a, a big part of what the defense is going to be doing. He's just more focused on the defensive line um, aspect of it this time around. We're with uh, uh, we're with Kevin Avery, uh, part of the Four Man Rush uh, brand, I should say at this point, because it's more in a podcast. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to give. Uh, I know you guys have a new website that just opened up. I'll give you a chance to drop that here towards the end as well. I think Rod's got a question for you. Hey, Kevin, Rod Funderburg, how you doing, man? What's up, Big Rod? How you been doing, man? You got it, Big Daddy. Everything is lovely. 
Man, I got a question. You were talking about the defense here. One of the things I noticed, you know, the Panthers are going and leaving their old 4-3 defense and they're going to be paying, playing more of a 3-4 scheme this year, which in most cases this could line up to have some open holes to be able to run the ball. Do you for an offense to be able to run the ball against that 3-4 scheme? Do you see the defense giving up more running yards this year than they did last year since they are switching to that hybrid 3-4 instead of going to that or staying at their 4-3 with that extra down lineman that can really clog up some gaps and and give a hindrance to the run game of any offense that they're playing, which of course we will see exactly what will happen in the opening week because they will be playing Todd Gurley and the Rams. But what do you think uh, will happen as far as the run uh, average percentage of that of that defense happening this year? Yeah, well, with all due respect, just allow an opportunity to kind of uh, correct you a little bit. The mm-hmm. Panthers are not dumping the four three aspect of. I think a lot of fans are you know kind of kind of like over overdoing the whole three four concept. What it is is that, and these are the words coming out of Ron Rivera's mouth, is that when it calls for a three four look. It's a hybrid, philosophy, right? Then that's what we, yeah, a hybrid is going to look. Right. But at my time at training camp, I still seen plenty multiple looks in the forty front. And when I say a forty front, that's four defense linemen. Now, when we're in a base, right? That'll be four linemen, three linebackers. When we're in our nickel sub packages, mm-hmm. four down linemen, two linebackers, five DBs, and and then in the four man rush, when I uh, posted my rush review which is my daily you know, observation that I'm seeing with my own eyes, I actually get a count when they're doing individual, um, I'm sorry, team drills. And it's pretty much a, a nearly an even split. It's kind of like uh, one practice I put down that it was 32 40-front sets and about 28 3-4 sets. So um, it's still a lot of still a lot of 4-3 being used mm-hmm. um, by the Panthers so far that I've seen in training camp. And, and Coach Rivera's words is basically like whatever the offensive formation and, you know, down and distance, that's going to dictate what we're going to do. Now, this is where position flexibility really comes in. we got multiple players that we brought in that can play different positions, you know, defensive end, outside linebacker. Um, we got guys that can play corner and safety now. So you may see the same group of 11 guys line up in a 4-3 front and then on the next play, they're going to switch around and now be in a 30 front. So definitely want to keep that in mind with the position flexibility that even with the same group of players, with the type of players we brought in, that you're really going to see the Panthers being able to um, show multiple fronts from the same personnel, which is going to be huge from a timing aspect to throw off the, uh, throw off the offense. But as far as the run game fits goes, um, as someone that played in a 30 front when I uh, played in high school, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a huge thing. I know everybody's thinking that, but third body, that fourth lineman missing might be something that causes a run gap fits. But if you think about it, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers over the last 15, 20 years have predominantly been three, four teams, and they have been stingy, salty against the run defenses. Mm-hmm. Primarily, primarily, you know, top 10 in run defense for the last 10 years or so. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be run gaps wide open, but, you know, you have to play your gap responsibilities. Right. We're on the line here with uh, Kevin Avery here with us on the rundown. Kevin Avery from the four-man rush. 
uh, brand, uh, checking out the Carolina Panthers here. I got a question about center Ryan Khalil, who unretired on Thursday and signed with the New York Jets for $8.5 million for one season. Kev, did you feel like this was due to the Panthers not wanting to bring Khalil back or that there wasn't any room for Khalil to come back to Charlotte after uh, they had signed the top free agent center in the game and uh, Matt Paradis from uh, Denver? Right. Well, I think this was something that, you know, Ryan Clear just eventually got talked into because, remember, he started off the 2018 season making it known that this was going to be his last season. So this was before Matt Paredes was even in our radar or anything. So I just believe that the Jets just gave him 8.4 million reasons to, you know, come back and try this again. And from what I read in the, in the early reports, They've been talking to him for the last two months before he finally, you know, decided. Uh, one of the reasons why he admitted that he took it was because uh, USC alumni Sam Donner is the quarterback, and he wanted the opportunity to, you know, help out a fellow, you know, alone to kind of help him develop and grow. And I know a lot of people have not had high expectations of the Jets, but quietly they've amassed some some pretty decent talent, and adding a guy like Ryan Khalil to the offensive line, even in his post-prime years, is definitely going to help solidify them. So uh, I think that that it wasn't anything to do about the Panthers. It was just, hey, you know, if you want to offer me $8.4 million to play and, you know, I'm past my prime, then why not? Personally, I have no problems (laughs) with it. He earned the right. He gave us the 12 best years. Easily the top offensive lineman, particularly center, we probably ever had. Of course, you can argue Jordan Gross as well, but I think he earned the right to be able to do that. And I was kind of bothered by the venom by some of the Panther fans towards him on social media about it. I think he earned the right to make that decision. Yeah, I saw that too, where it was kind of strange to me that there was a lot of Panther fans, or not a lot, but there was a, a segment of Panther fans that I was seeing in Facebook groups the past two days that were like, you know, mad at Khalil, almost like a, like he was a cheating girlfriend or something like that. He he wasn't allowed to do this because he spent his whole career with Carolina. But this is the nature of the NFL, and especially with linemen. Normally, we were talking about this on the drive with Josh Graham earlier in the week. Offensive linemen usually, when they're done, done, they shed weight so quick. Like if you yep. look at Jordan Gross, he lost like a hundred hundred and twenty mm-hmm. pounds or whatever in like six months right. and just melted off. Even Rob Gronkowski. He's lighter than he was, yeah. you know, during his playing Look at Jeff Saturday. Yeah, yeah, they all slimmed down. I don't think Khalil did. So I think Khalil yeah. maybe was having some doubts about potentially retiring, and by the time he decided maybe he wanted to come back, the Panthers had already moved on. The Jets are going to offer $8.5 million to play one year, where, to be perfectly honest, he might not make it through the season anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that right. sounds like a win-win. <laughs> hey, uh, Kevin, this is Rod again, man. I got one more question for you on the offensive side. As you sure. know, we won't. Cam Newton to do well we want him to have an outstanding season but just in case something happens and Cam needs to get sidelined uh what do we have in our backup quarterbacks or is there a competition even going on between Will Greer and Kyle Allen I mean are we comfortable to know that they're there or is there work that needs to be done with these guys what's going on with our backup quarterbacks what backup quarterback position in all the years that I've been following training camp I can honestly say that this by far has been one of the more talented backup quarterbacks. Really? Um, position. Yes, because here's the thing. You know, people automatically want to label Will Greer because it's from a third round picking him as the automatic backup. But both backup quarterbacks, Kyle Allen and Tyler Heineck, 
Heineke had definitely uh, been like, nah, bro, hold up. You know, we've been here. We know the playbook. You're going to have to earn these reps. And when they've gotten in, when I tell you that that the confidence that Cal Allen got when he got the Week 17 start against New Orleans Saints has carried over, I mean, we're talking about a guy that's dropping, you know, as I said, just being them Bilford Downs, man. I mean, he's, and I know a lot of people want to talk about what Cam's doing, but again, with me being there, seeing it, I mean, he's in just as impressive then with his pass and his decision-making, like, he's no longer doing the just the check-downs like he was kind of doing last year. Like, you know, he's he's targeting guys. He's, you know, he's making plays. So, and also um, Taylor Heineke as well. He's someone that, you know, with a little bit of scrambling mobility, I've seen him have a little bit of, you know, read option success. I've seen him, you know, do some rollouts and hit guys on the street. So, honestly, all three quarterbacks have been performing well. It's definitely something to notice particularly with the preseason, how well these guys, you know, operate to really, really stand out. But at the end of the day, we're going to have two good backup quarterbacks, and hopefully we can stash someone on the practice squad uh, in case an emergency hits. On the line with us, Kevin Avery from the Four Man Rush podcast. we got enough time for one more question with uh, Big Kev. And uh, another signing that uh, the Panthers had this, uh, this past week to kind of cap off what they've been doing this entire offseason. I, I, I got to say before I even ask this question, Marty Herney's done a fantastic job in his second stint as Panthers GM in terms of the money he had to work with and the talent he's brought in and the draft that I think they had this year too. Uh, I think it's going to really be a foundation year for the Panthers going forward in terms of what they do. But they brought back a um, they brought back OG, Trey Boston, safety Trey Boston as a Panther again after signing a one-year $3 million deal on Thursday. Kev, would you say that's a signing – that's a sign that Rivera and others don't trust safety Rashad Golden or more pointing to the fact that Rivera likes to play with three safeties in certain sets and it was a depth move. Yeah, this is definitely a move that I think was a combination of adding quality depth because the last couple of practices for Sean Golden, in spite of having a very solid camp, he's been having some uh, lower back tightness and a little bit of soreness, so he's set out the last two uh, practices that they had. But this was a, a move, in my personal opinion, that had a lot to do with two factors here. One, Trey Boston coming down off his high offseason demands. Like, he was looking to make around anywhere between 8 to $10 million a year long-term contract. That's what he was, you know, you know, pretty much put out there. And, you know, he said, even as recently as two months ago, you know, he'll sit this season out because he feel like he knows his worth. So that was one of the reasons why, you know, the Panthers had reached out to him way back in, you know, in the free agency period, but, you know, with, with talks like that, we was like, nah, we, we'll, we'll work with what we got. So I think it's a combination of Trey Boston finally coming down off his salary demands and the fact that Ron Rivera, if you notice Rivera over the years, he used a lot of three safety packages. And this is something that I've noticed um, that in the training camp class that I observe, like with different defensive fronts and looks and alignments, I've seen three safeties out there, so it's a combination of, of of different looks, and they mentioned that Galden was originally drafted to be groomed into the what is called the um, big nickel package, and basically what a big nickel is, it's a hybrid uh, safety that has coverability to check running backs and tight ends that line up in the slot. Not necessarily wide receivers, but tight ends and wide receivers that, you know, get motion out the backfield or anything in the slide and someone that can 
you know, monitoring, keep that guy in check. Kind of like how what we had doing with Shaq Thompson the last uh, few years with uh, obviously missed results. Hmm. So uh, trade Boston salary to the man coming down. Dalton then the perceived big nickel, which Rivera said was going to run about 35 40% on defensive snaps. So that's definitely a role for him to play. I think those were the more factors that led to Trey Boston being signed. Kev, give me. Uh, I know you guys just built a new website finally for uh, Four Man Rush. It's been highly anticipated. You guys are building a really huge following. Uh, following. I'm I'm very thankful that you, you're able to uh, call in and give us some Panther thoughts. And I'm hoping you're going to be able to do this throughout the season with us as we uh, follow these Panthers through this 2019 season. Give them the website address, brother, and how they can get to the podcast and all the info you guys throw out each week on Carolina and. Um, Throw that out for the public for us. Yeah, sure. Definitely follow us on our website. All you do is basically type in the name, the T-H-E, the number four, man, M-A-N, rush.com. That is our website. Uh, That website we have specifically in in mind with, you know, the current social media patterns with how people like to, you know, view the um, content. It's a website that links you to all of our other social media accounts, our podcast on Podbeam, our expansive video library on YouTube and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Uh, this is something that we spent a lot of time doing and it's something that has gotten a lot of great reviews so far, so definitely check us out there as well. Also, real quick, there's Drop a Dime. We got some four-man rush apparel that's uh, about to be coming out very soon as well. Mm-hmm. We actually got a sample pack, but we're uh, just kind of testing out right now to see what's going on, so stay tuned for that as well. But definitely the fourmanrush.com the place where you can get all your detailed Panther content. Yeah, definitely keep me posted on the uh, the apparel stuff, too. Uh, we can talk about um, that as well. So, uh, Kev, thank you so much for uh, doing this for me today. I'll definitely be back in touch with you maybe as soon as next week. We might have you back on again for the Panther segments going forward. Uh, appreciate the insight, and I uh, hope you have a fantastic weekend. Yeah, I appreciate it, too. And like I said, whenever y'all guys uh, need me, um, if you have room in your schedule, you can definitely have no problem coming on. I I love to fill you guys in and uh, be the insight that our fans deserve. So keep pounding. All right. Appreciate you, man. That's Kevin Avery from the Four Man Rush Podcast. Kev comes with the fire every time we he have does. him on, man. He's he he fantastic. I, I love having him on the show. Definitely. Um, we'll, def- we'll probably have him as our Panther insider throughout the season. Um, and the, if you haven't had a chance to check the Four Man Rush Podcast out, go do it if you're a Panther uh if you're a Panther fan and you want to know, you know, why do they run this play or, or why is that player sitting over here? They break it down like game tape coach, like game tape footage. Uh, they've got guys writing articles for them on the Panthers. So definitely check them out. But uh, coming up, NBA star Carmelo Anthony is still unsigned. Would you want Melo on your team? And have we seen the last of Anthony in the league? Coming up next on the rundown. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson, powered by SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. Shut up. Shut up. Sit down. Are you ready? Stand by. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. That's right. That's right. Just like music. Don't forget that uh, you can get to see the Winston-Salem Dash for only $7 at SportsColorMonthly.com. This is for the August 9th through the 11th homestand. Limited supply available. If you go check it out right now, there's only a few tickets available. Go get that. They're $16 value tickets. 
uh, premium home plate seating, only $7, no limit on them until they run out. So you can definitely go and uh, buy some of those dash tickets as they finish up the 2019 season. You are listening to The Rundown, back from summer break. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. Rod Funderburk in the house, Brandon Blakeney in the house, Aaron Gabriel running our ones and twos. And um, before we get into uh, this NBA segment here, Let's get a quick check on our Twitter poll. Um, the Twitter poll question of the day regards Rod's main man, Ezekiel Elliott, who is somewhere in Cabo right now, probably asleep because it's like six in the morning in Cabo, I think, right now. <laughs> so, so he's probably he's probably asleep right now. But Aaron, what's the uh, what what's what was the Twitter question we put out on Sports Hub Triad, and what how are we looking right now on the poll? On Sports Hub Triad Twitter poll question of today of today: Should the Dallas Cowboys Pay Zeke his money or let him hold out, according to the triad, our listening public. 71% say, screw Ezekiel Elliott. Let that <laughs> sucker hold out. Yeah, no. Compared hey. to 29% to say, pay the man his money. I wonder if some of that has to do with, like, Zeke's off-field antics the past couple of years, painting him it in a could. certain way. I think it takes it into account. Yeah. Right? He's still the NFL rushing leader from last year. Two of the year. past three years he's led the league in I rushing. Mean, yeah, so was DeMarco rushing. Murray behind that offensive line. You saw what they did to DeMarco. They I'm, just said, you know, see you, buddy. Get on out of here. I was going to say, without <laughs> without my man Zeke in the lineup, Dak Prescott is 4-4, four and four, 500 quarterback. They're not the same team. They're, not. they're built Play around action Zeke. Isn't the, same. the whole team yeah. is built around a running game and having a running back like Ezekiel Elliott and not having him. They're like, oh, well, we can. What was it that uh, Jerry Jones said earlier this week that you don't have to have a Russian champion to be the, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl champ. To win a Super Bowl? Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. it's really nice if you have it. Yeah, the <laughs> if last you have time it, you did, uh, Emmitt Smith was the Russian champion. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I, mean, I know it ain't 1991 anymore, but still. <laughs> Behind questionably the greatest offensive line of all time. Hey, don't Dallas have like the best offensive line in football right now? It's up for grabs. They do. It's or one of no, them. No, we don't Definitely. have the, the best Bears offensive line. We, we've lost two offensive linemen um, over the last couple of years. One went to Denver, and then the other one was hurt um, with some kind of sickness that he had. Oh, yeah, but y'all still got, uh, what was it? Uh, Latrell Collins. We have Tyron Smith. Smith. Tyron Smith. Smith. Tyron Smith. Zach Martin. Zach Martin. Frederick. Frederick, the center. Yeah, man, y'all still good. Just those three. (laughs) I don't hear that pity. Big body. Cowboys still got a a nice line. (laughs) But listen, you got to remember that offensive line, defensive lines, those are hearts of any football team. You know what I mean? And without the line being there to even open up the hole, Zeke can't do much either. Uh, So really, you know, when you look at it like that, you should be paying the offensive linemen if they're worth their salt. But they've been getting their contracts. That's the thing. They've they've been signing the offensive linemen to big deals. So maybe that's what Zeke's looking at. It's like, hey, man, what about me? I will say, though, Darren McFadden didn't look like Zeke behind that. Almighty offensive yeah, line. Yeah, I forgot about Jeremy McFadden. Gosh, yeah. that, just saying. Jeremy yeah. McFadden didn't look good anywhere. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't. And I'm listen, just and I mean, and I and I tell you this too, man. When it comes to contracts and paying people, you know Zeke deserves his money, but the mark, the bargain, the the players' union didn't do anything for the rookies. As you know, when rookies come out in first rounds, they can be signed to five-year deals. Yeah. So when, when it dra- was time, when the yeah. So round, when they right. were doing their players agreement, bargaining agreement, and all that good stuff, there was no one there representing the rookies. So to be honest with you, the rookies really got the short end of the stick no because doubt. now, as you guys know, running backs have been devalued. Yeah. Running backs yeah. used to be stars. Now they're devalued. So you're talking about, you know, if you're a running back for five years, 
what do you have left after five years, especially if you've been ran into the ground? They get one big deal. Yeah, they yeah, basically get one big deal. That's it's not it like quarterbacks like. get like three big deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like running backs, like, so I get what Zeke is doing. Like right. he's like, I'm in my he's prime right now. Himself. Like pay me right now so I'm 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 good down the road. I, I think he'll get, they'll throw an extra two, three years guaranteed or something at the end of what he's got right now. And that'll probably finish all of this, but we'll, we'll see what's going on. But we're going to get into the NFC and AFC East in a couple of segments uh, down the road here in the second hour. I wanted to address Carmelo Anthony, Hoodie Mello, the hooded one, Sweet Melon. Apparently, that's his name, his nickname on a uh, <laughs> basketballreference.com. I've never heard anybody call him Sweet Melon. I'm not calling a grown man. Yeah, Sweet I ain't Melon. called a grown <laughs> man. Hey, hey, Sweet Melon. I What's up, man? Bad. What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, but, about that. I might call his wife that. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation, a whole other show. Right? Apparently, somebody <laughs> did, and that was a problem. Hey, that, yeah, that was a huge problem. Um, so Carmelo appeared on First Take Friday with Stephen A. Smith to address things regarding the last two years of his career and stops in Oklahoma City and Houston. Footage is out of Carmelo putting in work this offseason. Now, granted, it looks like he's at a YMCA dressed in all black, just putting in work on people. So it's not exactly the same thing, but my man hasn't played since really the beginning of last year. He only played 10 games with Houston. Got cut short. And he, no one has signed him. So my question to the panel, would you want Melo on your team? And have we seen the last of Carmelo Anthony in the league? Absolutely, I would want him on my team. Specifically, if I'm a franchise, let's say like the Charlotte Hornets. There you that's go. Lacking star power, needing to fill up some seats. And that just happens to be owned by the the same uh, business partner that I'm signed to, shoe, sneaker deal-wise, apparel-wise. I'm glad Brandon brought that up because that that was where I was going to. Like, the Hornets have nothing (laughs) right now that makes you go, oh, let's buy two tickets, drive down to Charlotte, and watch the Hornets play. Like, they lost that when they sent Kimba or they didn't sign Kimba. And P.J. Washington, I'm sorry. I don't know what that's even going to be. He's not filling any seats in Lexington. He's not filling any seats in Charlotte. Now, you got got some tools with Miles Bridges and some young guys. Dwayne Bacon might have a breakout year this year. Like Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. Martin Twins, maybe. Maybe. But none of that that makes me be, like, excited to go watch Charlotte play. You sign Carmelo to like a vet minimum deal or something like that. Rozier out there too with him. That's scrappy. That's a tough group. You put Carmelo on the Hornets right now on their roster, and he gives you 20 a game. Because, I mean, he was averaging 13 a game in the 10 games in Houston, 16 uh, in a 74-game season in OKC, and part of that was off the bench. And he was a fourth option. Yeah, he was the fourth option. So, So in Charlotte, he would be the main scoring option with this team. He'd be the veteran that could lead Miles Bridges and these young guys and show them the right way to do things. And and we forget how well he played when he was a Denver Nugget. Right. At the beginning of his career. Yeah. We forget the type of player he was, which propelled him to be able to go to the Knicks and be the man. But I think at the Knicks, you know, that was kind of the beginning of his downfall. But that wasn't even his fault. With being over there with Phil Jackson. I mean, Jackson it wasn't his fault nothing. what happened once he got there, but it was his fault how he got there. Yeah, right, right, right. It was his fault how he got there, but I'm just saying the organization that he went to, I don't think he knew what he was getting into. With Phil Jackson being there, Nolan uh, James being the, the owner, oh, my goodness. That was just a cluster. Now, they had talent, too, because J.R. Smith was on they that did. team. And people forget how good J.R. Smith was, mm-hmm. the younger Amari he was. He was dunking on people. They oh. had Amari Stoudemire, still healthy. And yeah. they had a squad. They, they, they during, were competitive. Yeah, during the Marbury years, even, like right before. Yeah. Like they, they were not a bad group. Now, yeah. But when Phil Jackson got there, that thing went Phil, under. Phil, I don't understand to this day what Phil was trying to do with Carmelo because it was like he was trying to lower his value yes. by talking about him in the media. Yes. But they needed his value high to trade him out yeah. of there. So he almost sabotaged the Knicks 
on purpose, and they haven't really recovered from all of that. Oh, he, and then that it just goes on to prove your point even more. Taking Frank Tilakina in the first round, yeah, I don't like even, he did. Yeah, I don't even what understand what the, they're doing. all of this. <laughs> all of this is really hindsight. All of this is really hindsight because when that first went down and everybody heard Ophelia oh, Jackson's headed to the Knicks. Everybody thought, oh, this is a great move. This True. is a fantastic yeah. move. I did. Yeah, I did who, who would have thought Phil Jackson would stink it up? Now, Phil, he's a great coach, yeah. but front office guy, he's oh, he, like, he's eh. no Jerry West. No, he's not. He's <laughs> no, not. not now, Melo, just looking at his bio, 10-time All-Star, 2012-13 scoring champ, six-time All-NBA. He's got two Olympic gold medals. Greatest um, Olympian of all time. May, yeah, maybe. Honestly. Actually, does he have two or three? He might have. I think he has three. He might. He played. He, very well. he was on the 08 team and the 2012 team. I think he played, was he on 2000. I think he played 16? the last one too. I think 16. he did. Yeah, yeah. So he might have three. We gotta put some respect on Mills. We do. Name. We do. He could still come in, make a 15 man rotation, still be a guy off the bench to give you a spark offensively or a potential starter, depending on where you put him at. You know the quality of the team, but Melo still has some tread on the tires. Still mm-hmm. a scorer, and the game is about buckets, fellas. We know that. His, I agree, his, but according to that. Houston, he has he cannot make a fifteen man rotation. And, and Houston, did which him is dirty. crazy, they it's nuts dirty. to me. It's nuts to I mean. So what was the issue in Houston? Was this a personal issue? I it think I like think he him and Mike D'Antoni still had issues from their New York days. A little bad blood. A little bad blood. Because I mean. I think Chris Paul was instrumental in pushing to get Carmelo signed to Houston, and Harden was like, "Okay, another score, fine, you know, let's do it." And but I think Chris Paul was very instrumental, the Banana Boat guys, to get him in there. Definitely. And then super, super early, Mike D'Antoni was like, "Nope, this ain't going to work. I don't yeah. want him on my team the whole season." Because it's really weird to just be like after ten games, not you're getting traded or whatever, but we're letting you go. Like mm-hmm. they didn't even bother to see what they could get for Carmelo. Exactly. And then no one else signs him after that. Like something's wrong because he's being blackballed. He's being blackballed. But my question is why? Because right. I'm thinking back to his career, and for some reason Carmelo's always had this stigma with him that he's a locker room cancer or yeah. uh, he's all about himself. But I can't think of a single locker room instance where that's been proven. You know exactly. what I mean? Like it's been yeah. more. I don't just know if any locker room instances, else. but I remember after one game, he was waiting for somebody at the bus. That was Kevin it? Garnett. I think that was Kevin Garnett because Kevin Garnett was talking junk about Lala, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. on the court. So yeah. Carmelo was like, "I'll see you outside," and literally he was outside at the bus waiting for him. Yeah, oh, man. I don't he even braved. know if they ever yeah, watched he, that. He they? was talking about Lala Sweet Melons. That's uh-huh. what was going on. <laughs> exactly oh. what it was. Because you know how Kevin Garnett KG's was. He's a wild Kevin Garnett. Boy. He's one. Of, yeah, he's probably one of the wildest dudes well, ever. He's one of the greatest <laughs> trash talkers in the NBA. Yeah, Easy. I would definitely. That's um, something we need to do one day. Best trash talkers <laughs> in the NBA. Carmelo <laughs> Anthony though is basketball's only triple Olympic champion. Um, so winning win it three, three times, time. yes, and then I think otherwise in respects to Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony's game, um, I was going to say, is it a role thing? Because we remember the press conference when he came in with OKC and they asked him, you know, are you going to come off the bench? And it was funny to him, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, he laughed at it. He was yeah. like, they want me to him. come off the bench but and all this other stuff. It was only funny to him because everybody figured <laughs> you should probably be coming off the bench, bro. Yeah. But I will say, I will say he did eventually accept that role, and they blew up OKC. It wasn't just Melo because as we see now, the whole team's pretty much up out of there. Victor yeah. Ladipo's no longer there. Russ is no longer yeah. there. You know, all those guys are out of there, so I don't think you can even put that blame on Melo. I think that it didn't work. Those guys underachieved. But to be fair, Paul George and Russ underachieved as well. That's true. I mean, they lost to Portland first round. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. That's on a forty happen. foot three pointer. And Dame yeah. hit him good. with the yeah hit him with the the, the bye bye. Come on. I mean, so but you know, and that brings up a side question. 
is Oklahoma City the the biggest waste of collected talent like ever in the NBA? If you go back and look at that NBA Finals team, three unemphatically, yes. Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, James Harden. Was Steven Adams on that team too? Yes, Steven Adams. Yes. Oh my gosh! It was like if they had stayed together. Like Harden got sent off because of what? Like I think like two million dollars or something crazy that they didn't want to spend. Not per year. Total, <laughs> and wow. then the salary cap rose the next year, and it was like they could have just kept him. Oh man, easily, and, and they didn't. And he, know. he, they, and you think that they would have chose at least one of them to stick by? I think they chose Russ. They chose they, the wrong guy. And, yeah, no disrespect. I love Russ. I yeah. love Russ, but you got to throw the whole bag at Durant. Well, Russ on that team, it became evident that Russ was the alpha dog. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I agree. Russ, Definitely. Russ was the guy. You know what I mean? And they Even, liked Russ. And Upper I think management Harden, liked Russ more than they liked Durant. And I think and, Harden wanted his own team as well because yeah. he was kind of like he's coming he off the was bench. the sixth man. Yeah, he's he, coming off the bench on that. I can't wait for that thirty for thirty. Yeah. Oh, on the Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's coming. <laughs> it's gonna come eventually. I, I'm interested <laughs> to see what Harden and Westbrook do in Houston because I don't think it could work. Like because they people keep saying, oh, they played together. Not really. Harden was Westbrook's backup. <laughs> they, yeah, they played right. some sets together, I mean, but it wasn't did. like they were out there all the time playing right. with each other. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. They might need another uh, extra basketball. All they, right. Yeah, they need two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, need, they need two. Um, so but question. What, what, but come, we'll go back to Carmelo. Right. That's yeah. what I was going to yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah. Who should sign Carmelo? Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte should sign him. Or Portland. Dame Lillard's been in the news saying that he would love to see Melo get a farewell tour. They could use another extra. I can punch. see him in Portland. And they just signed two very young wings. They got Nazir Little, and they also have the Wake Forest. Um, oh, player, um, um, Jalen Horde. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he could come in mentor the mentor those guys, kind of help them out. And he's got to want to do this though, and it sounded yeah. like from the first tech interview that he's accepted that if he comes exactly. back, he's going to be in that role. Exactly. So he needs to go someplace where he's saying he wants to go someplace where. He has a chance to win a title, of course, but he also is thinking, I just want to play. You know, I just want to play ball. So I think he would settle for going to a Charlotte or a, uh, a Dallas popped in my yeah. head for some reason. Like, I think he would go to one of those places that may not be a contender, but he'll be able to play and still sure. show that he can play. And then maybe the following year, you know, be be that eighth guy, ninth guy on a on a, a roster. He does not need to go to the Lakers. And if it is a People one year. saying that, that he does not need why to go does near he, Why does he not need to go to the Lakers? I think. Because he's gonna have, and he said it on first take. He he's friends with LeBron. They're close. They all yeah, him, boys. Chris, Paul, all, Dwayne Wade. They talk every day. But he doesn't feel like he needs to use that friendship to get employment. Like, he, and he feels like if he goes to the Lakers, that's all it's gonna be viewed as is that you're only here because LeBron and his boys are running the team at this point, and they brought you on because that's how you got to Houston. But when yeah. it comes to playing basketball, the L.A. Lakers are going to need some scoring coming off the bench. They do. And then again, and LeBron shooters. James, yeah. name me two players LeBron James has made worse. That's true, too. LeBron I, I, I James think, makes everybody better. Together. Kevin Love? No, nah, I can't. Nah, agree I would with say that. he made him worse. I can't. He didn't make him worse. Role. You got to think what gets Kevin Love anyway. He, had a, he was the third <laughs> option. Is he, he had Chris Bosh. That's yeah. what happened. And like he was, he still, was the third guy, and he was still averaging eighteen and eleven. That's what I'm saying. Kevin Love. Anybody Lo- would take that. I want that. Kevin Love and Charlotte too. I want yeah. everybody, yeah. but that's not gonna happen. So, or, <laughs> all right. So let me ask you this then: What about the Clippers? Uh, they're going to need some scoring coming off the bench. The same as the Lakers. You know, already, you know the problem with Carmelo is that he's What's an that? ISO player in a world where the NBA has changed away from ISO. Like 2012, you could be ISO. That's why Oklahoma City was good because just give it to Durant or give it to Westbrook, let them work. That's why the Knicks were decent when they had Carmelo because it was still an ISO world. Now it's 
like the San Antonio, Golden State, move the ball around type of play and, and like get to the open guy. And Carmelo hadn't figured out how to fit in that offense yet. And that's his main problem. I think that's why people are staying away from him because they don't know if he'll fit. You but, can't be a ball But that's stopper. just You it, can be man. an ISO guy in Charlotte. Yeah, I, I mean, like, yeah, you can. I mean, right now Because he can score at will. And that's the thing with yeah, him. Yeah, still getting buckets for sure. If it's a one-year thing, I think he should consider the Knicks, though. Give my man a farewell tour if that's how it's going to be. Knicks would be interesting. But he, didn't he kind of leave that kind of – uh, on a sour note? No, he, well, no, he made the decision. He said, look, he said, I do not want a, you know, see you later world end mm-hmm. tour or anything like that. And I commend him for saying that because that's saying, hey, I can still play this game. I am not at the end. Like you said, Brandon, he still has more tread on the tire. I think so. So I commend him for not doing the end tour. That Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't come back just to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Carmelo. We Do you think he's played his last game? Like real quick, I don't think so. I think he gets back in the league, but I just hope they don't give him the Mark Jackson treatment. It seems like he's Mark getting blackballed. blackballed too. I think it's he not might fair. Be, if he don't get signed by September, October, it's done. I don't think anybody's going to pick him up because at that point he had been gone over a year, yeah. and nobody's kicked the tread on tires at that point. Nobody's going to come around and be like, "Hey, what's Carmelo Anthony doing out here in free? Pressure signed. So like, let me ask you this. Had Carmelo been more of a guy who could play some defense, would somebody have signed him? For sure. Probably, yeah. Or rebound or something else. He's a scorer. He was a scorer his whole career. And, you know, when you can't do that no more. You got to be averaging 20, not 14. Right, exactly. Um, And I'll ask this to, to, well, actually, you know what, Aaron? I'm going to skip it because uh, you already kind of gave you. I was going to ask Aaron as one minute with Aaron. Maybe we'll try to squeeze it in later in the show. But we got to take a quick break. Coming up, Bowman Gray news. We take a quick look at the leaderboard heading into the races tonight. Plus, the voice of Bowman Gray, Randy Pettit, checks in with our new segment, The Rundown Hot Seat. And what exactly happened between John Brown and Jason Myers at the Madhouse last week? If you haven't seen the video of this, definitely Google it and go check it out. What is the fallout from that as well? We'll get you updated as well. Plus, rundown hot takes. Each of us will give a hot take on the world of sports next on The Rundown. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Clap your hands and stomp your feet. Yeah! It's going to be one big party. Yeah, Back to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Who are the franchise players? Des, Rod, and Johnny O bring you a new sports podcast weekly. Franchise players sports podcast. New episodes currently available. Everything from the analysis of the NBA draft to our most recent one. If retired today, would Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton be a consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? And that question might sound crazy on the surface, but if you listen to the podcast, we get in depth with it and really uh, debate whether or not he would be someone that might be in the Hall of Fame if he retired today. So definitely search and download from Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course, at sportscountermonthly.com. A quick Wyndham update, the Wyndham Championship going on at Sedgefield Golf Course out towards, uh, eh, it's kind of Jamestown, sort of Greensboro. It's kind of out there, like countrywide. But it's really nice if you get a chance to go. Check them out this weekend. Uh, the, the leaders won't t- tee off until later this afternoon after we're off the air. Byung Hung On, I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> he's from South <laughs> Korea. Uh, he's the leader right now at 13 under par. Bryce Garnett from the United States is at 12 under par. Then you got a, a, a glut tied for third, including Webb Simpson, uh, who went to Wake Forest, 
local guy. He's at 11 under par. Josh Teeter from uh, United States is at 11 under par as well. Just some notable names here. Um, I do see Billy Horschel has moved up 41 spots to be tied for 12th right now at a under nine. Uh, Jordan Spieth is tied for 12th along with uh, a couple other Americans as well. I actually got to see Jordan Spieth on Wednesday. Didn't get to talk to him, but I did get oh, to yeah? see him. Oh, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, man, that, that was that was a cool event that we went to Wednesday for sure. And that is over in West Sedgefield area, right? Well, well the golf course is Sedgefield. Yeah. I guess it's Sedgefield. It's really, I guess it's kind of Jamestown, really, where it is. It's it's well, over it's a natural area. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous out there for sure. Um, now we it's Saturday, so I'm looking out the window to see what the weather looks like because usually I go through the Bowman Gray uh, scoreboard for you guys. And then we're like, you know, luckily, hopefully you guys will be able to be able to get it in. And then it rains or something and you don't get it in. But um, if you need extensive Bowman Gray coverage over the rest of the season, definitely go to sportschronomonthly.com. Uh, Randy Pettit, who we have on the line, he's going to be in the rundown hot seat in just a couple of seconds. Uh, he, he writes fantastic recap articles and profile articles on the uh, drivers, as well as uh, being the host of the Triad Racing podcast with Randy Pettit. That's also available on our podcast network. Spotify, Google, Apple, all that good stuff. And uh, the newest episode's out right now with uh, track star Amber Lynn, who's been in and out of the news the past couple of weeks uh, there as well. There's an episode on the Myers boys, uh, the Greg family, and much more. So definitely check that out when you get a chance when you get out of here. Here's your race results from last Saturday in the modified. There was two modified races. Lee Jeffries won one. Burt Myers won the second. And sportsman Tommy Neal was a sportsman winner. David Creed won street stock. Chuck Wall won stadium stock, and Justin Whitaker won the second stadium stock race last Saturday. The 2019 point standings going into tonight's race is August the 3rd over at Bowman Gray. The modified series, Burt Myers has an eight-point lead over Tim Brown, 469 to 461. Jonathan Brown is in third at 453, and Jason Myers is in sixth at 396. Keep that in mind as we bring Randy on the line here in just a bit because that's going to be super important uh, regarding our conversation with him in the hot seat. In the Sportsman Series, Justin Taylor has a pretty comfortable lead over Tommy Neal. Uh, he's the leader at 529 with about, I think, three races to go. In street stock, Jeremy Warren is your leader uh, over Jacob Creed. Billy Gregg is in third. Stadium stock series, Chuck Wall is your leader, but only by two points. A.J. Sanders is right behind him, 480 to 478. Uh, Brandon Brennell's in third, and Grayson Keating's in fourth in the stadium stock standings as well. Um, and those are prone to flip here over the next couple of days as I bring on my man, Randy Pettit. But, uh, first we had our man DJ do this fantastic imaging for us for this new segment, the rundown hot seat. Aaron, go ahead and hit me off with my, uh, my hot seat music. Some like it hot. Some like it hot. You're listening to the rundown. Hot seat. Hot seat. Hot seat. With Desmond Johnson. On the line with us on the rundown right now, he is the voice of Ace Speedway in Burlington on Friday nights and Bowman Gray Racing on Saturdays. He's also the host of the Triad Racing Podcast with Randy Pettit, available in all major podcast outlets. Go get it right now. If you are a Bowman Gray fan and you have not listened to any of the Triad Racing Podcasts, you will not be disappointed. The newest episode is on driver Amber Lynn, uh, in, uh, a female in the Sportsman series, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's really tearing up things out there and a uh, super popular racer. Go check out that episode on Spotify or Google right now. Randy Pettit, welcome to the rundown. What's going on, brother? How you doing? 
Good morning, guys. I'm over here at Historic Bowman Gray Stadium where all those folks you mentioned that are in the mix for a 2019 season championship, they're all here. They were ready when they opened the gates this morning, and they have practice that will keep going until noon today. And you, you mentioned a hot seat earlier, man. It's going to get hot tonight here at the Madhouse. Yeah, it is. 100 <laughs> modified race. And that that is really going to be the wild card, if you will, for this 2019 modified championship they qualify for their starting position, and then they have a full field redraw. The fastest qualifier could start dead last. So it's really, really going to be interesting tonight here at Bowman Gray Stadium. Yeah, man, it's going to be wild, a wild finish to the season here over the next couple of weeks over at Bowman Gray. I got to talk to you about a situation that happened last week at Bowman Gray. Jeez. It seems like there's a situation every week at Bowman Gray, <laughs> and this week was no different. I've always compared Bowman Gray to WWE wrestling because there's like storylines and rivalries and families against families and uh, different little clicks and stuff like that. And yeah. um, when we had Amber Lynn in to do the po- the Tried Racing podcast this week, uh, it was funny to me because she was talking about drivers that she liked or drivers that never gave her an issue. And like, there's there's like allegiances with different like families and mm-hmm. brothers and stuff out there racing. It. Yeah. But uh, last Saturday at Bowman Gray, um, Randy, I want you to take me through this because I watched the video online. Uh, NASCAR has penalized Jonathan Brown and Jason Myers for their roles in an incident at Bowman Gray uh, last Saturday, July 27th, fining them both $1,000 apiece, and they are both suspended for tonight's Saturday 100-lap modified feature uh, from NASCAR. The quote is, NASCAR has penalized Jason Myers and Jonathan Brown 1000 apiece, and both are suspended from next from the next Wheeling All-American Series event at Bowman Gray Stadium for their on-track actions there during last weekend's event. Um, can you describe to us what happened? Uh, if you haven't seen the video of this, it, it, I, you, just, just describe what happened, Randy. How would you describe this situation between John Brown and uh, Jason Myers? This one, first of all, there's two, there's two different Brown families that run modifies at Bone Gray. Tim Brown, uh, you know, who is working on a record 11th, uh, excuse me, a record 12th Bowman Gray Stadium track championship, no relation to Jonathan Brown. Uh, Jonathan Brown and his bo- uh, brother, who goes by Bobo. So John Boy and Bobo are brothers. And then you have the Myers brothers, who was on our podcast earlier this season. Bert working on his 10th Bowman Gray Stadium Championship, and his little brother Jason, who's won a lot of races and not won the title. So that kind of sets the stage a little bit for the different personalities involved. This was Jonathan Brown, John Boy, and Jason Myers. Um, these guys have had some animosity toward each other that dated all the way back to probably 2014 at least. Um, that was the year that Burt Myers and Tim Brown made national news when they had a similar episode occur. They were on the front page of Stock Car Racing Magazine. They were on the news all across the country when they had their own little demolition derby. And this was back in 2014. The track fined them both 100 points. Uh, and that essentially handed uh, the 2014 championship to Danny Bone, who was really out of contention until that happened. So that it stems from an uh, incident that occurred during that, the last race of that 2014 season uh, that happened between Jonathan Brown and uh, Jason Myers, because Jason was in contention for that 2014 championship and felt like he got taken out uh, in the late stages of that final race back in 2014 by the Brown family, Jonathan and Bobo. So that's kind of where the bad blood started earlier this year when we had Jason and Bert on our podcast. Uh, I think the fans could go back and listen to that, and they'll hear Jason talk about he he was on the pole for a 100-lap race, got into an altercation with Jonathan Brown, and that essentially cost him a chance at winning that race. And 
really, for all intents and purposes, knocked him out of a, a good shot at winning the championship this year. So that that's kind of what brought all that to light. Uh, those two don't like each other. And factor in that Burt Myers and Jonathan Brown were battling really hard for the championship last year. Uh, those two families just don't like each other. And if you watch a video, you'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. It's like um, it's like NWO versus Four Horsemen type. Like, well, stuff that's going what on. I, I always call it. it it's like WWE. It's yeah. like wrestling on four wheels. It is. I mean, like, you know, and, and we've got the colorful personalities. We've got uh, the storylines, just like you said. Here's the difference. It's not scripted here. Uh, anything can and will happen, and, that, and that's why the fans have got to be here these next three Saturday nights. That's it, and we'll get to see how it all unfolds. I'm going to try to see. We may, because I've been wanting to take the rundown out on remote, and we've talked about this all season about uh, coming to Bowman Gray and doing a remote out there. Um, if not for the rundown, then maybe we'd bring the Franchise Players podcast out there and record an episode before the season's over, because I just kind of – I've been out there before, but not in the the stadium while the races are going on. But I've been I've driven down MLK and that kind of stuff. Oh, it's it gets loud. loud, man. It's loud. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. loud. Yeah. People bring, are bring like, your walking up. And come on, brother. We'll, yeah. we'll roll out the red carpet for you. You know the pits here today for a morning practice at Bowman Gray Stadium. There's more cars here than most Saturday or Friday night racetracks have for their racing. It's that oh, popular. Yeah. The place is packed. Uh, there's probably you know four or five hundred fans up there watching practice this morning. And I'll bet you there's seven, 800 people in the pits here. It's incredible. Uh, and that's because the intensity keeps ratcheting up. We're getting down to crunch time. And these, these folks, you know, they race for those trophies in the honor of being called the champion. They don't do it for the money. And, man, they love it. Tell, tell the uh, audience a little bit about the Triad Racing Podcast with Randy Pettit because uh, we've actually been pretty lucky the past couple of weeks uh, in terms we of really just have. good fortune. Because we, uh, we had the Myers uh, family on our, I think our second episode was the Myers family. Right, that's one of our highest listening podcasts so far. We uh, there's four that are out right now. We had the Greg family in here the week after that, uh, and then right after that, Nate Greg won his first race like four days later, like ever. So that was huge. And then we had and our, and our Desmond, our first guest was the uh, the Bassett brothers. The Bassett they run brothers. the NASCAR's Xfinity Series, and their little brother is actually here today practicing in the stadium stock car to make his first Bowman Gray Stadium start where his dad got the whole family involved in this stuff. So did it's kind of come full circle for, for them. It's pretty neat. Did the I Triad see... Racing podcast uh, is, is fantastic. Hope the fans will tune in and listen. Uh, some of our future guests are going to be Jonathan Brown and his brother. We're going to have Tim Brown on. We're going to have the two uh, kings of the stadium stock, Chuck Wall and A.J. Sanders coming. A lot of great racers. Uh, and it's going to be fun to listen to. Yeah, and this won't end when the season ends with Bowman Gray. Like, we plan to continue the Triad Racing podcast throughout the year. So during that 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 period of time when you can't go to Bowman Gray on Saturdays and actually watch the races, we'll still be providing Bowman Gray exclusive content from these racers, uh, talking old stories, uh, their plans going to the future, rivalries, all this good stuff. Uh, and then the last episode we just did, uh, we had Amber Lynn on, and she had had – the whole situation with her and uh, law enforcement and right. <laughs> the whole the skirmish Look. she had with her ex-boyfriend two weeks prior. We did the episode, and you had an article out about her four days before that even happened. So people started yeah. searching for that article based off of what happened that Saturday at the Madhouse. So And, and we didn't cool. plan that, Desmond. It just no, kind of worked out that way. But, you know, I try to spotlight some of the drivers that are interesting and that the fans want to know about. And I encourage them to continue to listen to the Triad Racing Podcast. Uh, be sure to listen to the rundown every Saturday morning and uh, check out uh, Sports Carolina Monthly for all that great Bowman Gray coverage, man. We're going to keep them in the loop. That's and right. And Ace Speedway, don't forget about us down there. Friday night racing, uh, 
we've got a big, big race uh, coming up on August 16th in the winter. Uh, going to get five grand in an automatic uh, invitation to the Rodney Cook Classic. That's going to be a huge oh, late model race at Ace on to, Friday night, August 16th. I might have to uh, put some uh, some super unleaded in my Nissan Versa and see if I can make something happen. <laughs> five grand. We, we, we run those too, man. Just, uh, just talk the windshield out and bring it on, man. We'll make it happen. Hey, man, I appreciate you being on. I'll probably bring you back on next week to give us an update as we get towards the end of the Bowman Gray season. A lot of rivalries going on, a lot of bad blood going on. We're going to try to get out there before uh, this is all said and done. So, hey, man, I appreciate you. I will be talking to you real soon. And uh, everybody, go listen to the Tried Racing Podcast with Randy Pettit. Thanks, Randy. Desmond, one Desmond, one last thing, man. I am trotting out the, the coolest outfit I've ever worn tonight. Oh, we need be picks. Sure to be here at Bowman Gray. Check it out. We That's need all picks. I'm going to say. It's the coolest one yet. Tweet, Hey, if you tweet it out, tag, tag us in it on Twitter so I can make sure I can reshare it. Thanks, man. We you appreciate you. You guys have you. a great morning, man. A lot of sports going on in the triad, and we'll see all the race fans here at the Madhouse tonight. Awesome. All right, you Thank too. you. Take care, that's, Randy. Uh, that's you, Randy Pettit, voice of Bowman Gray on Saturday nights, voice of Ace Speedway in Burlington on Friday nights, and the host of the Triad Racing Podcast with Randy Pettit. Real quick, um, I want to get into these hot takes. Uh, There's something else we started with the rundown. Rundown hot takes. Basically, each of us will give one hot take on something they saw this week or prediction on what will happen going forward in sports. And that's going to include Aaron. And now Aaron, now Aaron is a part of the drive with Josh Graham. And we do something like this on Mondays called Let's Get Crazy. The difference is I, when I give this hot take, it's not just something outlandish or something crazy. I personally believe this is going to happen. So there's a, there's a difference in <laughs> what we're trying to achieve here. Uh, go ahead and give me that, uh, that music and let's get this popping. You're listening to The Rundown. Hot. Take hot. Take hot. Take hot, hot, hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you, park it like it's hot. With Desmond Johnson. Before we get into the hot takes, though, there's some breaking news in the NBA that just went down. Aaron, what you got for us, brother? It's all traumatic. <laughs> that sound you hear in the background is a Woj bomb going on. Oh, oh no. A Woj bomb. We got a Woj bomb situation, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what's happened oh, now? I just saw LeBron it. Woj <laughs> has announced a major yeah. player will not be hitting free agency coming up next summer. Draymond Green has agreed to a four-year, $100 million Ooh. maximum contract extension with the Golden State Warriors. Wow. Courtesy, for Drake. courtesy of his agent, Rich Paul Shoot. of Clutch Sports. Rich Paul, for Drake. Hey. Somehow LeBron still got into this segment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's, Paul, that's, courtesy, that's courtesy of Durant leaving. Yeah. So they got Steph locked up. They got Clay locked up. They got Draymond locked up. Got to keep Draymond, yeah. man. Defense. That's enough, Lugan, man. Yeah. If, if Clay yeah. comes back healthy, not in this year. I don't expect this is an no. open season yeah. this year. But next year, and if they keep D'Angelo Russell, we can't forget about D'Lo. I think they go after trade D'Angelo. If they I don't do even know how that's going to work. Think, <laughs> yeah. That backcourt would be insane. But uh, let's get these guys. hot takes in real quick, uh, and then we got to take a quick break. Uh, I don't know, Aaron, if you want to. We're kind of doing this on the fly over the microphones. If you want to give us a little bit of music so we can give these uh, these takes out, and then at the end of each take, you can give us a a, a, a vote of approval. Um, a bell, a whistle, something, I don't know, something to signify what we got. I got you coming down the pipe right now. Okay, let's do this then. So go ahead and give me some music, and uh, let's let's start off with the new guy, Brandon Blakeney. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get a little bit of uh, hot take action from you. 
Alright, so I'm gonna stay in the basketball realm right now. We're gonna take it down a little bit. I'm gonna go to the international ranks, and I'm gonna say with the new addition of the NBL having athletes like Terrence Ferguson come through 2K Ferg, also LaMelo Ball, RJ Hampton, two of the top prospects in the 2020 class coming in. With players taking that route to go professional instead of or forgoing the NCAA college basketball, I do believe that this will put pressure on the NCAA and the NBA to get rid of the one and done rule. I think so. They just signed a deal with ESPN, the league in Australia. We're going to be seeing plenty of LaMelo Ball. We're going to be seeing plenty of RJ Hampton. Pretty much two of the hottest names right now that aren't going to college basketball. And we're going to continue to see more kids forgo college basketball to turn pro. Interesting. Rod, what's up, baby? Baby, I'm going to my Dallas Cowboys and my main man, Jerry Jones, who gets on my nerves. Jerry Jones <laughs> will sign Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott before the season begins, but he will leave my main man, Zeke Elliott, the engine that runs that car. So wait, so it was your take that he's going to sign He's going to sign Dak and he's Amari gonna before sign Zeke? Dak and Amari Cooper before the start of the season, and Zeke will not be signed when the season starts. So this is that is my hot take. Does this give us a chance to see what Dak can really do without Zeke? It will give you a chance. It will give you a chance to see it. It will give you a chance to see it because Jerry Jones thinks he's smarter than your normal bear, which he's not, and he signed Alfred Morris. To think that he can take the place of Zeke, that's, and it's not going to happen. Jerry's tried, Jerry's tried this before, and it didn't work with Emmett Smith. So I, I'm kind of expecting a repeat of what happened before. Aaron, you got a hot take? I don't have a hot take, but I will say that y'all noticed a certain quarterback wasn't on the top 100 list. There's quite a few quarterbacks that weren't on the top. Oh, Dak, Dak wasn't there. Prescott was not on the top 100 list. I'm sure about he to get a hundred million dollars. He's deal. not top 100, but about to get 100. That's yep. crazy. Yep. Yeah. Wow. He's about to get paid like he's top 100. Yeah. I'm a. Uh, that goes back to Jerry Jones. I told y'all about him being as smart as the average bear. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to our our uh, our segment from uh, before on Carmelo Anthony for my take. Carmelo Anthony. Has played his final NBA game. Ooh. I don't. I don't know if anybody's gonna sign him, man. Like I feel like if someone was gonna Not sign him, they would have did it already. Barring major injury to someone that's a contender, I I just don't see anyone. Because Charlotte makes sense, but they're not gonna they do it. They need him. They need they're to just, feel. They're just not gonna do it because that, that's the right thing to do. And Charlotte ain't gonna do that right Jordan now. Jordan just yeah. If they want to bottom out, I get it. That's fine. But you still could use Carmelo while you're going 23 and 50 something or whatever. Nobody's paying the <laughs> you're worst. You're a loser. Here. Loser. Loser. I mean, I don't, I don't know what. I mean, now if I, I hope I'm wrong because I don't want Carmelo to go out the way he has. I feel Same. like it's wrong the way Same. it's coming out, but right. I don't know. We'll see. But coming up, like we do every August, we give you our predictions for every division in the NFL. We start with the NFC and AFC East divisions. You're locked into the rundown. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson, powered by SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson. Rod Funderburk, Brandon Blakeney in the house with me. 
Aaron Gabriel on the ones and twos. Sawyer Dillon, our producer extraordinaire, will be back from vacation next week. You knew we had to throw a little NFL in here because we've been chomping at the bit to talk about NFL for the whole summer. Uh, It's our first show back from summer break. It's August, so it's time for our NFL predictions. Each Saturday during the month of August, like we normally do here at the Rundown, we will preview two divisions leading up to the start of the NFL season the first week of September. Today, we start with the NFC and AFC East. So, gentlemen, let's start off with the AFC side. Um, And every year we do this. It feels like we start off with the AFC East, and every time it's like it's like a one-word answer. <laughs> Who wins this division this season? Uh, AFC East, <laughs> what it do, baby? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going what with the do, safe baby? Yeah, you already know. <laughs> what, uh, who wins the I, AFC I, East? I'm taking Tom Brady. I'm taking the Pats, man. The Dolphins, oh, my gosh. I don't, the only thing that's nice about that is the weather right now. <laughs> um, you got the Bills, geez. I mean, they're they're uh, I don't know, and then you got <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Just makes you like ah, ah, Jets. Ah, ah, I mean, I don't know. They're <laughs> hype about Sam Darnold down there in the Jets, so we could probably put the Jets at number two, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, they're building. Le'Veon did take twenty million less to go to a worse team. So I don't understand. He kind of took an L on that one, but I'm going Patriots, Jets, Bills, and then Dolphins because they're they're talking about. Tua Tugalova from Bama, so yeah. they, or Trevor but they, Lawrence. But they so. signed, they traded for Josh Rosen, which yeah. makes no sense, and they're going to start uh, Fitzpatrick, which actually gives them a chance to win some games at Fitzmagic in September. I mean, you got to back up what's. I just let Rosen go. Yeah, let I him mean, just, just let, let him, him do his thing. Let him mess it all up. Rob, what you got? You uh, are you straying away from the Patriots, or <laughs> <laughs> you mean the team that's won the last ten years? <laughs> right. Is, is that the team you're referring to? The past three Super Bowls, one, two of them. I mean, you're talking about the guy who owned the NFL, uh, Bill Belichick. Oh my gosh! And his and his, <laughs> and his crew. You mean you really don't want me to pick them? So let's okay. So let me rephrase this thing. Are there any potential? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wait, Aaron, you uh, Aaron, you got something for me? Y'all some chumps. <laughs> All y'all scared. I'm gonna go ahead and say who, it. Who, who, I'm laying it on the line. Who you gonna pick? The Jets gonna oh, win the AFC wow. this year. E-T-S, really? Jets. Hey, Aaron, you care J-E-T-S. to put Aaron? Jets, Jets, Jets. That's Aaron, so bold. Aaron, so you care bold. to put a steak dinner on that? Ooh. I already owe you a steak dinner, put, man. Oh, hey, put a two, double or nothing. I want in on that action. action. You, you Put two want, you want to go so double wow. or nothing on that one? Then you, you want to go with the Yo, Jets? Nah, I just kind of said that for radio. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say we got challenge all of a sudden. I want in on Yo, that. Can, but ser- can the Jets win nine games? Like seriously, uh, the Jets can win nine games. So, I mean, they're in the in AFC East too, so they got to play the Dolphins non, and the Bills. A non-win season for them would be a success. They can yeah. win nine games. They got. They just brought back, uh, then they just signed uh, Khalil to play center on the offensive line. He's right. going to be blocking for Le'Veon Bell. That'll help Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, will take a, he'll take a step forward. He is talented. He is a good quarterback. Uh, they like the kid Robinson. Is it is it Robbie's, Robbie? Robbie Anderson. Robbie, oh, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. They he's like him on the outside. Carolina but he, last time he's we a, saw he's this. a speedster. Yeah. He's, he's a speedster. They brought in C.J. Mosley to show up the defense. The, the Jamal Adams is still back there at safety. The Jets can yeah. win some games. I would not okay. sleep on the Jets. Yeah. Okay. At, at best, the Jets will go 500. They'll be 8-8 eight and eight at best. I still believe in the fact that when you switch coaches, different administrations, the new coach has to come in, get his thumb under everybody. Uh. He has to come in, put his print on it. <laughs> then you're talking about Le'Veon Bell, who's been out of football for a year. I don't yeah. care what kind of training you've been doing, but Thank he's you. been Man. gone for a year. Thank you. I'm looking at then you're talking about too. a quarterback. 
who is still in my in in my mind is still kind of in rookie status a little bit. Hold on, so, wait, 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 I got a question. Yeah, what Steeler player left the Steelers in free agency or trade and was better than when they were in Pittsburgh? I will say this: we could say potentially Emmanuel Sanders. Where is he right now? He went to Denver. Yeah, he went to Denver. Yeah, he and balled he out Sanders in Denver. But he was like a, he was like a third wide receiver in Pittsburgh, right? He was still getting yeah. Uh, but he was ball, he was in. Uh, you remember? I think um, they had three thousand receivers. Yeah, that's when. Yeah, you, you're right. That's when. Yeah, that's yeah. when Peyton Manning went on that fifty-five or whatever yeah. it was yeah. touchdown run. Yeah, he, he had his he share it. of touchdowns in that one. Um, but, but I mean, but I'm looking at like Antonio Brown now a Raider, Le'Veon Bell now a Jet. And I was just thinking, like, it feels like whenever players leave the Steelers and that system, they're not as good anymore. Like, I'm expecting Antonio Brown will not be ranked number three or whatever in the NFL top 100 for 2020 he's, because of him being in Oakland. He's got something to prove coming up. But he's um, got Derek Carr throwing yeah, the ball. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I mean, Derek Carr That's was not the MVP candidate two years ago. Mm. Well, I mean, we gotta we gotta keep that in mind. <laughs> just two years ago. Yeah, but, but John I, John Gruden's there now, and I don't have faith in him. He's on a ten year plan. I just don't have I just <laughs> don't have faith plan. in John Gruden. I do want to say this though, getting back to the Jets, um, for the AFC East, they could easily start the season off one and four easily. So that first game, they they got the Bills in in division could be winnable, but then Browns, mm. that's a loss. The Patriots, that's a loss. The Eagles, it's probably a loss. The Cowboys, what you think, Rod? Oh, that's a loss for them. <laughs> Depends and on then, they and the <laughs> then they got the Patriots again after that. They got to play the, the Patriots twice, twice the first, like, six, seven weeks of the year? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Like that, I say, uh, 500 at best <laughs> for this work. That's going to work, man. 500 at best for this All tough. right, so let's, let's go to the other side of the bridge, the NFC East. Uh, we've been talking about Zeke off and on throughout this whole show. Is he doing the right thing by holding out, or is Dallas doing the right thing by not paying him right now, which is our, our poll question basically right now. I think he's doing the right thing by holding out. Is he going to get his money? I, he deserves it. But is he going to get it? I, I don't know. And the thing I, I think <laughs> I that I hate is. for him is he, he had the same amount of touchdowns as fumbles last year, and that's working against him. Six oh, and man. six. Look at that. People don't like running backs that fumble the rock. He only had six touchdowns last year? Six touchdowns on the ground. Six fumbles on the ground. It's not looking good. For <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, as a fan, you know, I hate Zeke for what he's doing as a fan because he still has two years left on his deal. Right. But as a businessman, mm-hmm. I, I commend him for what he's doing. And like I said earlier, he's a, a when he came in with the rookie contract, no one was looking out for the rookies. Running backs have been devalued in the NFL. Therefore, you got to get your money when you can and when you're hot. Because Jerry Jones right. and the Cowboys will run a running back mm-hmm. into the ground. You guys know that. Yeah. DeMarco Murray, they ran him into the ground. Oh, and then they let him and go. And he didn't get paid until he went over to Philly. And he still and, didn't get his money. Real quick, me, guys, uh, your take on the Eagles. Are they the team to beat in this division, or is it Dallas? Yes, the Eagles are the team to beat right I agree. now. With a, with, with a healthy Carson Wentz, That's the they key. are the group to Ken, beat. I want to see Carson Wentz get through 16 consecutive games regular season. Because he hasn't done that the past two years, and they just gave him a boatload of money and ship Nick Foles out of there. No, so they, no, no, I will say no, I'm excited. No, no. He's gonna make it? no. <laughs> I'm excited to see the Redskins though and Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. That was my, what are your expectations for Dwayne Haskins I think in Washington? He comes in and has a big year. I think he's gonna be a lot better than um Daniel Jones. So you're saying uh, that <laughs> so you're Daniel saying Jones. that Haskins will start? Yeah. I think oh so. yeah. Over who? I mean who's the backup in uh in the case NBC? Keenum? Oh he's oh, they do. Case Keenum. He I think he will. I think may at least by week four. Week four, week yeah, five. No, I'm talking I'm game like, one and game, game one. one. I think Hass is going to be game one starter. If it was me, I would throw him out there, which you got to lose. Yeah. But Case Kanem, if, if they're trying to maybe ease him in, 
you know, want him to learn a little bit. I th- also depends on how yeah, his, but he takes to the playbook, learning in, curve. In football, I'll be honest with you, especially the NFL, I don't believe in throwing the rookie on out there, regardless of the rookie. And that's just me personally. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't expect great things from uh, Kyler Murray this year. I just don't. He's a rookie getting tossed out there. The best example of how you handle a rookie, in my opinion, is Andy Reid's style of handling a rookie. You bring that rookie in, you let him sit, you let him do everything in practice, you let him learn the system, you Mm -hmm. let him get comfortable, and then you say, guess what? His name is Pat Mahomes. I agree with that that because uh, Pat Mahomes could have started rookie year, apparently, and they just made sure he did not and kept the expectations low. It benefited. Because when you get in the NFL playing with other grown men, and I mean grown men, that is a whole nother mindset. And if they destroy you coming out as a rookie, that can affect you the rest of your True. career. Who wins I'm this, telling you. Who wins this division, NFC East? Philly. You got Philly? Well, that's a, coming from I'm, a Cowboy I, fan. I'm going to go with Dallas. If, if they've got Zeke, I'm going with Dallas, yeah, too. Yeah, if they have Zeke, I'm going to go with Dallas. Yeah, I don't think we'll have Zeke. Because they have the best defense, see, too, the on the side. See, I don't know how long Zeke can hold out with two years on the deal. He's yeah. Something's got to give. You can't miss two years of football. And, like, if he gets to game two or three, like, if they, say they get to game four and Dallas is three and one, what does Zeke do then? He's got to come back. He's got to come back. Or what people if, start forgetting Well, that's about what they you. said about Le'Veon Bell. And do do you guys have a James sure. Conner on the, uh, on the roster? No. <laughs> Not I mean, no. according to Jerry Jones, it's Alfred Morris. <laughs> <laughs> he was, coming up, coming up. I, I'm just leaving right there. Coming up, odds and ends, rapid fire round. We get one minute to debate a random topic. You don't want to miss this as we clear third base and head towards home. Next in the rundown. You're listening to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. What's up, dog? Think about, it. think about it. a party. Are we having a party? Yeah. <laughs> Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Download full episodes of the rundown at sportshubtribe.com, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and more. Simply search for The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Download it and go. Aaron, set a stop clock for one minute. At the end of one minute, we'll hear a buzzer sound. Five topics. Actually, I might have six on here today. Rapid fire. Let's go ahead and get it popping. All right. Rapid fire round, odds and ends. First up, Zion Williamson signed a shoe deal with Jordan Brand over multiple competitors, including a Chinese company and Adidas, who were both offering more money. Does Zion make the best choice signing with Jordan Brand? Go. I think so. Uh, I know he took less money than what Adidas and like Under Armour and others were offering him, but I think you got to look at the long game when it comes to shoe deals and what Zion may oh, end up agreed. being. Agreed. I, I mean, mean, he's going to get the exposure regardless, but him being the newest face of Jumpman, no Jordan's going to push him. I think that he should have taken his own brand with one of the other deals, Chinese, whoever. New balance. He's, he's good enough to, to set his own record and do his own thing. He shouldn't have signed with Jordan Brand. New still, balance. I'm still skeptical as to what's going to happen with Zion in the league. I think Zion's going to be great in the league. I Nike really do. still got their man, even though he busted through it's, the It's something about the way, how humble he is that makes me feel like yeah. this guy's going to I'm, really explode. I don't question his talent. I question his weight. He's 285 at 6'7". Like, that's not his work. Now, unless he grows, and, we, and reports are he's still growing. If he gets to 6'10", 6'10", 285, forget it. Well, if, they get a, <laughs> well, wrap. if they get a conditioning Gun. coach, man, they'll make him lose some weight. Man, he in, he in New Orleans eating all that fried food. Go, go ahead, Aaron. NCAA college football coaches poll came out this week. Defending champion Clemson is number one, Alabama number two. 
What are the better odds? A part four matchup between Clemson versus Alabama at the end of the year for the title or one of the teams versus the field. Okay, Go. so so the question is, do you think you're going to see Clemson versus Alabama at the end of the year again, or one yeah. of those teams versus somebody else? I think else? it's going to be Clemson and Alabama again. These guys are just so far ahead of the rest of college football. It just doesn't seem fair the way they're stacking these four stars. You think about it, Clemson and Bama's third-string guys are still better. Their five-star prospects still can start anywhere. Clemson just put their entire defensive line in the NFL draft and, and are replacing them with all four-star guys. Guys that could have played anywhere else last year. The local guy KJ Henry. KJ Henry, don't get a chance. He's oh, a West Forsyth standout. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. probably gonna be starting. I would think. Oh, yeah. So yeah, they, man, they're, they're loaded. <laughs> now between the, I mean, I think yeah, Clemson, Alabama, and this brings up an interesting conversation where I had people tell me they didn't like Golden State, Cleveland four years in a row. Right. I bet those same people will like Clemson versus Alabama four years in a row. I can, live with I can live with Clemson, Alabama four uh, four years in a row, and I think that's who it'll be. The the odds are. You know, on their side. Two Clemson biggest stars Alabama. in college football. Yep. Pat Mahomes, my guy, Project Pat, has a new cereal called Mahomes Magic Crunch. Unopened boxes are selling for $33 a box on eBay right now. Should we pump the brakes on Mahomes mania considering he's only played one full season? I think Go. the Madden curse is about to humble him. I was on that set, too. <laughs> like, I mean, he had a perfect season last year. 50 touchdowns. They won 13 games. He got beat by the GOAT in the playoffs. I mean, there's not much more you can do to be better than what you were the year before. And the NFL is all about coming back to the mean. Like, oh, the you're not going unless you're the Patriots, you're not going to win 12 games every year. You're going to win 12, and you're going to be like 9-7, and seven, and you might be at 11 or whatever. But I don't know, man. I, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I think Patrick Holmes has a good enough team around him that any mistakes that he makes this year is they're going to be covered right on up. I think Patrick Holmes continues to dominate. He's going to do his thing. He is going to be the man again this year. Granted, we have film on him, but guess what? He's going to bypass all that. This guy throws <laughs> This guy throws with his left hand, and he throws blindfolded. Blindfolded nice. now. I wonder, what my, I wonder what my home's magic crunch actually tastes like. Or do I want to know what it tastes like? It I don't, I that $33 like a, a box, you can keep it. It tastes $30? like a no-look pass. <laughs> it better give me that arm for $30. Matter of fact, just go to the last question. So, um, All right, last topic. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas signed a five-year extension worth $100 million with $61 million guaranteed. It's the largest contract signed by a non-QB in NFL history. Good or bad move for the Saints? I think, I think it's a good move for the Carolina Panthers. Yes, sir. Because uh, anytime you got a, a wide receiver with a contract like this, it's going to hamper the salary cap. And uh, what happens when Drew Brees' arm falls off or he decides he's retiring next year? Now you got this wide receiver and nobody throwing it to him. You got to pay him $100 million. And they, they still got to pay Alvin Kamara at some point. Mm. I mean, $100 million, this guy's not Randy Moss. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Hey, man, at $100 million, they didn't have a choice. They had to pay him. Who else was he throwing it to? <laughs> he caught 124 or 100 and how many ever passes last year. The next closest person caught 30-some passes. Yep. Guess what? They had to pay him. Pay him his money. Drew Brees made the Saints Down, pay him. Download they gave my the, man a mill of catch. <laughs> <laughs> download the free WSGS Sports Hub app from Google Play or iTunes. And don't forget to check out Sports Carolina Monthly daily, uh, sportscarolinamonthly.com daily for the latest news on your sports teams in North Carolina. Weekly podcasts like the Franchise Players, live with Brandon Blakeney and more. Yeah. In-depth articles, ticket specials, everything you need. Sportscarolinamonthly.com. We're out. We'll be back next week. Peace. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson, powered by SportsCarolinaMonthly.com.